What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back inside the Centura Hill Training Center for another episode of Broncos Now. As always, I'm your host, Sydney Jones. And coming up on today's episode, the Denver Post Broncos B reporter Parker Gabriel joins the show. We'll take a look at expectations for training camp, what questions still remain about this roster, and more. All that coming up. Joining me for today's episode of Broncos Now is the Denver Post Broncos beat reporter, Parker Gabriel. Parker, thanks for hopping on the show today. Absolutely, Sydney. Good to be here. It's great to have you on. As you know, things are, of course, a bit slow around here. Players and coaches are out of the building for their summer break. So enjoying the peace and quiet. How about you? Yeah, that's right. This is actually, I mean, it's basically become the only time on the calendar when things really kind of quiet down um, between the end of the offseason program, the beginning of training camp, certainly it's the longest point when you think about coaching carousel at the end of the season, then it's never very long. This year between Sean Payton's introductory news conference and the combine was only a couple of weeks and he was hiring staff through that whole time. So especially when you've got a new coach, but really anybody in the NFL, like if there's a quiet season, we've just arrived at it. We have. It is nice to relax before training camp starts and we get into the chaos of it all. You know, Parker, we'll talk a little bit about training camp later on. But first, I want to start with the Broncos offseason program. You know, of course, there was a big culture shift here with the Broncos. You know, head, head coach Sean Payton, he put a really big emphasis on the offseason program with strength and conditioning, you know, situational football. Just overall, what did you really think about the team's approach to the offseason this year? Yeah, I think it showed uh, Sean's experience probably more than anything, um, just the confidence in your own process. And that comes from having done it 15 times. And that that doesn't mean that they're going to go 11 and six and make the playoffs or n- anything like that. It just is. It shows you, I suppose, the difference between the last handful of head coaches that the Broncos have had. And the thing that I maybe thought was the most interesting just in terms of approach was you hear this t- time of year out about, hey, we've got to get the playbook in, we've got to get installs done, you know, so on and so forth. And that was really not the emphasis. Of course, they did installations and they worked on getting, you know, sort of honing in on what it is they want to be. But Sean's expectation is that the play that guys will know the playbook, that you know, you can go over it and you, it doesn't have to be the entirety of the offseason program. You heard players talk about that. Other coaches want to rush to get on the field. They want to get in, they want to get all the installs in to make sure that you get it all done. Right. Whereas Sean was like, you have to know it. You have to know it. And we're going to go back over it in training camp. So right now we're going to talk through some of the 43 unique end of game situations and we're going to stay in the weight room. So it was, I think, a different approach than the way it's been done around here recently. And it's one, I think, that shows um, that he's very confident in what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Parker, I know you were out here throughout OTAs and, you know, the team's mandatory minicamp, those practices. Was there anyone this offseason that really stood out to you? Well, I think obviously you look at, you know, the, the newcomers is where you, where your eye goes just in terms of I think Zach Allen's obviously going to be a leader in that defensive line room. They have some experience there. Mike Purcell obviously has played a lot of football. DJ Jones is a very good player. Zach Allen is is unique just because he played uh, for Vance Joseph for four seasons in Arizona, the first four of his NFL career. And so there's sort of a unique element of not only is he the new highly paid free agent addition in the room, he's been an ascending player early in his career, but also he knows the ins and outs. And so his knowledge for younger players like um, 
Ioma, Wazurike, Matt Henningsen, Jonathan Harris, these guys that they're probably going to count on. You know, Zach Allen is the leader in both in terms of performance and also because he's been in the system. So he would be one. And then I, I thought it was looking back on it now, I think it's maybe surprised a lot of people, me included, um, how much we saw Javante Williams and Tim Patrick through through wow. the offseason program coming back from injury. And so there's there's a lot of places for your eyes to go. Um, but those are a few guys who you end up watching a little bit more than normal because of their particular situations. For sure. Yeah, it was great to see Javante and Tim Patrick back out there. Talk about your eyes go to the new guys. I was looking at Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers, this offensive line, this revamped offensive line. I mean, they're really big guys, and I think that's going to be a talented group this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you stand next to Mike McGlinchey, it doesn't matter how tall you are. He's taller. It's easily one of those guys. So, uh, And I'm not very tall, so he he is a very large human. He uh, And I think the thing that's interesting, right, is offensive lines – you have individuals, but they're really collections and they take a collective attitude and approach. And it's sort of, a, they become interesting um, sets of like, you want the sum to be, the the sum total to be greater than the, the parts, right? And so I botched that saying, but that's fine. <laughs> I um, and I think that one thing that McGlinchey brings, you know, his his best friend at Notre Dame called, calls him Senator McGlinchey. And Russell Wilson said, when he walks in the room, you feel his presence. He's Mm -hmm. got that sort of like, if he ran for office, nobody would be surprised. And then Ben Powers is, I don't want to say he's the opposite, but he's very different. He's a guy that all he wants to do is line up and beat the guy across from him. And so that those are parts of a collective attitude that I'm not quite sure the, the Broncos have had in recent years. They've had bits and pieces of it. But I think when you're talking about the trickle down effect helping a guy like Quinn Miners or a guy like Lloyd Cushenberry, it's not just because they each have a new guy playing next to them. It's also because those two guys will sort of set the tone in the room along with Garrett Bowles um, as veteran players. And that tone is going to be one that's, that's pretty no nonsense. I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be an interesting group to watch as the training camp is, you know, just a month away. Parker, I know this off season, there was a lot of talk about just, Oh, educational Sean Payton's practices are his attention to detail. We heard several players talk about it, you know, throughout the offseason program. But what really stood out to me is what safety cream Jackson said. I mean, he said he's seen nothing like this in his time, nothing like Sean Payton and how he approaches things. And, you know, with cream Jackson, he's going into his 14th season. He's had numerous head coaches. I mean, that's saying something. Yeah, it sure is. And, and, you know, I think, you know, we saw it in in a couple of the open pra- practices that were open to reporters just in terms of, you know, stopping a special teams drill to talk through something that happened in the NFL over the past decade. Right. And the, the very much the ins and outs of it. And it matters if it's the end of game or the end of half. And it matters if you have a timeout or if you don't. And it matters if there's four seconds left compared to 16. And it matters, uh, you know, if you've lost your challenge or not, like all of these things. Uh, they all sort of factor in and just to hear sort of the level at which obviously, you know, every coach watches the film and is like, I do this in this situation. I do that in that situation. But then to be able to communicate that to an entire team and and then also to expect that not only does your top kickoff team know it, but your next two do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, I think that's the level of detail that ends up separating uh, teams on Sundays, because obviously there's parody in the NFL and we've heard Sean talk about that. Just 
none rarely do you have a blowout occasionally somebody has a bad week or a really good week but most of the time you're talking about six points and so uh it it was fascinating to to listen to obviously you can't tweet out anything that you may or may not hear in practice but um you know i think the idea is that the the quickest jump probably that that denver can make maybe outside of getting better play from from the quarterback position overall is is in special teams and is in situational awareness and if you're going to improve markedly from five wins, that stuff is going to just have to be better, a lot better than in 2023 than it was last year. Yeah. And if you look at last year, I mean, you mentioned it, the Broncos lost by less than three points several on several occasions. So yeah, certainly Parker, when you look at this kind of roster over overall, you know, obviously it looks a lot different than it did last year. So talent wise, how do you think it really stacks up? Yeah, I mean, I think you can look at areas that are obviously improved, the offensive line, which we already talked about. Uh, and then there are some areas that maybe it's a question mark, right? Like the the Broncos signed uh, Frank Clark recently to a one-year deal. Um, historically in the regular season, you know, a healthy Frank Clark compared to a healthy Bradley Chubb. Like maybe you haven't entirely made up what you've lost from Bradley Chubb and trading him at the deadline last year. But you're sort of, at some point you're approximating, right? So like, Zach Allen's not the same player as Draymond Jones, but he's gonna he's gonna essentially be in that role, and the production's been similar at least over over the respective starts to their careers. They're both really good players, so I think you're looking at probably a similarly talented roster overall to last year, and we've got a lot a long way to go until September. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably deeper in some areas. I think they're better fortified to handle injuries at running back, for example, than, than they were at this time last year, certainly. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I've said it, written it. I don't think it's a radically more or less talented roster than last year. And so then I think when you're talking about improvement, you're talking about special teams, execution, finding ways to win close games. And even if you're not leaps and bounds better, just from a sheer talent standpoint than last year, um, that, that, means I think that there is, you know, substantial upside, at least in terms of, you know, win loss when you're talking about the season. Yeah. Well, Parker, you know, with training camp just over a month away now, gosh, I can't even believe that, you know, obviously we've heard that this year is going to look a lot different than it did last year, you know, harder, longer practices, you know, faster paced. I know coach Payton said he's going to play starters this preseason. So, you know, for some of our fans, I guess, what are your expectations for training camp this year? Yeah, that it's going to be a grind and uh, for more for the guys out there than for those of us standing on the side watching, obviously. But <laughs> right. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be competitive. I think there's probably my, my suspicion is that people will be surprised by how many jobs are on the line. You know, that they, they signed a lot of free agents. Some of them are very obviously going to be on the team. The guys essentially that we've talked about, um, McGlinchey Powers, Zach Allen, there'll be a lot of guys who are competing to try to win jobs. Um, you know, receivers like Marquez Callaway and, and little Jordan Humphrey will be competing with guys that maybe got opportunities last year that weren't expected to, like Brandon Johnson and, and Jalen Virgil. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got an interesting tight end room. You've got uh, competition at inside linebacker where you bring back Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, and then you get Jonas Griffith back, back from injury, and you draft Drew Sanders, and Justin Cernado was a key special teams guy last year. So, Camps always, you know, the, the battles are always fun to watch. Um, and that that certainly will be the case this year. I think when you have, I think people will be sort of re-reminded when camp starts how much of a clean slate it is. 
for everybody to impress this coaching staff once the pads come on. So I think that'll sort of be the tale of camp. And then after that, basically, you know, I'm sure Sean Payton and and uh, the the strength and conditioning staff and the assistant coaches will be looking for guys that can stand up to the physical test that's that's going to be in front of them. And I'm guessing it's going to be a, a substantial one this summer. Yeah, I think so, too. It should be a fun one. Gosh, it'll be here before we know it. So we'll enjoy this quiet time now before the chaos starts. Parker, really appreciate you joining the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Broncos Now, Broncos Country. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll meet you right back here on the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube next week for another episode. I'll see you all then.